not in my heat. With the Marlins? Yeah, kind of. Not yeah. with my U.S. men's national team. Ooh, one hour away from... It's not tip-off. Is it kickoff? It's kickoff. I feel like the NFL does that, too. You're yeah. not exactly a soccer expert, are you? And your first question out of the gate is, it's not a tip-off, is it? Ooh, them boys be pucking. <laughs> I mean, you know, hockey was definitely derived from soccer, but no, two different ways of starting a game. A tip-off or a... It, uh, well, but not oh, bad. That, that would be basketball, not even hockey. You got tip offs, you got face offs, you got kickoffs. This would be a kickoff variety mm. today at two. I knew that. I was testing. Thank you. I, I always appreciate you keeping me on my toes. All right. Before, uh, before Leroy comes back, let's start into some headlines. These headlines are brought to you by the new Palmetto Fork Truck Super Center. Why buy your trucks at a car store? Why do I keep doing that? Palmetto Ford. We know trucks. Leroy? We know trucks. There you go. I wasn't sure if Leroy was there. That's uh, why I just got I, here. I just got in. here. Just I just got here because I went to my car. Went to your car? And then I saw Solana. Yep. Had to, you know, get my couple of digs at him. Yep, that's fair. Took a little time. Then, what digs? Well, then he went into the door, didn't hold it for me, <laughs> right? So I ran up the stairs to beat him. But then I had to use the bathroom, and he got by. So you got beat by cripples, what you're saying? No, he used the elevator, dude. Huh. Mm. I ran up the stairs. I can tell you. Huffing and puffing over here, Leroy. Yeah, I'm breathing heavy. But I'm not <laughs> breathing heavy because I ran up the stairs. Yeah. I'm breathing heavy because it's serious work holding a boo-boo. <laughs> Man, so you, you got to hold it until you get home now at yes. this point? Yes. All right, first of all, come on, Leroy. The Man. Citadel is closed today. I don't care. There's no one in the office. Nope. I can take you to a private bathroom. No, nope. I even tried the one in the dark. Yeah. Really? Joe hit that one up, and it was terrible. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, that's true. I got to take you to the to the mezzanine one. I tell you what. Yeah. I game ball to anybody who will go do a number two in that. Oh, hall. that one right there? Yeah. No, right in front of power? No where way. people dude. always shaking the handle. Oh, yeah. I do it anywhere. I don't care. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, see, that's white people. I, I didn't realize it was racially specific, it's, but maybe. It's, maybe. It's, maybe. It's, it's white people in the day no, from you know Friday. What? Crowder. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Crowder, Crowder goes anywhere. anywhere. Too, Crowder go yeah, anywhere. I that's two two strikes against your theory there, man. I know. No. Hmm. I just say that, though. I, I know, man. I've never gone in public, even as a kid. Just figure, like, shouldn't shouldn't we all just have an understanding that everybody does it? It's just it's a natural thing, and when you gotta go, you gotta go. I don't see why there's any shame but, in it. I'm not gonna lie, I can't comfortably go if I'm in like a stall and someone walks in. My demeanor just changes immediately. Right. I've done it in uh, in airplane uh, lavatories. What? You know? <laughs> Dono, it happens. Dono! <laughs> it happens, man. Oh my you're on a long Donna. flight. Have you done you know, you're on a tra- you're on a transatlantic flight. You know, if I'm like if I'm flying over no. to to Italy and it's a nine hour flight and, and it strikes me two hours in, what am I going to do? I'm not going to hold it for I, seven hours. Even yeah, when I true. when I was in college, we flew we flew from Chicago to Hawaii. That's and a long nothing? flight. Nothing really. Nothing. You know what? He has a trick. He drinks a Pedialyte. He told me that's his trick. Does that stop you up? Yeah. Apparently, yeah. if you uh. Oh, because all the potassium, the Electrolytes, I think. yeah. Yeah. Oh. I did that for games, though, but for games, you don't go because you're so dehydrated. Right. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, Steph the Specialist has an opinion on this. 
going to tell you this, and you're going to listen good, because when Steph. I use the bathroom across from Power 96, I go in there with three Clorox wipes. I, I clean that whole bathroom. So when I come out, you're good to go. All right. I love that. I'm just saying, oh, wow. I'm just saying Steph, that's great it. on your head, but I've walked by there, and it smells like a porta potty And I'm like, <laughs> and the other thing is, is that that DJ's might be off, fine. Man. That might be fine for you. But can you go in there knowing that at any point in time that, that hand wiggle <laughs> that hand yeah. wiggle that hand that wiggle awkward. and you're not yeah. sure? Yeah, I, that doesn't worry me, man, because I know the bathroom is clean. You could eat. No, Listen, hey, let me uh, tell you something. I even wipe the floor where people might miss the toilet. I wipe around right. that because yeah. when I, you know, you go and you put your clothes down, you don't want to touch in that. Yeah, hey, <laughs> I can. You know what? I feel comfortable going at my house. I And, Steph, you don't know this about me. I have rented a hotel room to do number two. Yeah. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> and and I have no shame in my game. you can do that, Leroy. I can't wait, if I had. And rent the here, bathroom at a McDonald's. If I had $40 left for my trip and I could eat or go to the bathroom, I'd go to the bathroom. Jeez, Leroy. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's I'm. I can't go in public. Like, and and guess what? I think this is a phobia. You think if this I is have phobia? to go it's into a phobia. It, if I have to go into a bathroom and hold my breath, yeah, that does not help. That's no, that, that that definitely doesn't help. But I don't really care about the next guy having to hold their breath. I'm gonna do what I have to do. But it's <laughs> you, but you're right. It, it's not fun if you've got to go in and hold your breath. It's Fire not fun. Wait, here, wait, wait I'm telling you. So you are not Mr. Courtesy Flush guy. No, listen, I, I try. Oh no, I, 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 I do whatever I can. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you can't do anything, right? Like I, I like Steph. I try to keep it clean. I, I courtesy flush. But you're a grown ass man. You can't control it. Um, you have to understand where I'm coming from too. So you talking about a yeah. guy who, during you know camps, spends six hours in football equipment, mm-hmm. right? And and so from that standpoint, you just train yourself, right? Go in the morning, you know, and then go when you get home. But I don't like to be uncomfortable if I don't have to. But be. you like you've if, never if, if holding if holding it in is going to make me uncomfortable, and all I have to do is go to the nearest restroom, even if it's a public. I, I'd rather be comfortable. But you have holding it in. But you can train yourself though. To I don't know want when to. I want to okay. be comfortable. Yeah, because you never had to play football. You okay, and at right. this point, I'm 38 years old. I'm not it, getting that, to the NFL anytime soon. That so ship I'm good. has sailed. It's, the ship has sailed. Right, but but I'm telling you, I have guys that will go anywhere. I gotta go. I just and pooped then, while we were talking right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a diaper. Oh, that's the other thing. I hope I never get to that point. I just want to just <laughs> look. If I get to that point where I'm just like doing a radio show and I just go, <laughs> you know, wait till you have kids. You gonna be playing, playing with little Marcos, right? Little, little Marcos Junior. You gonna be playing with him, and then all of a sudden he just goes like. <laughs> I was looking at that the other day, man. Kids are ridiculous. But kids will just be standing up, looking oh, at you dead in your face, and be like, "I'm going right here, right now." Oh, can, can, can I can I tell you a story about my son that just stays between us? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Thing is, like, I I I know my wife isn't listening, so because I didn't I didn't want to rat him out to her because she would have like she would have gotten really mad. 
Um, I this this was a while ago, but he he was more than four years old. We were playing hide and go seek, and he had such an amazing hiding place. When I finally found him, I realized he had pooped his pants, and he told me he pooped his pants because he didn't want to give up his hiding place. And I kind of respected wow. it. No, I respect that. Was that was commitment. That is respect. I respected it. <laughs> he had to do what he had to do. He did what how, he had to do because he, he didn't want to give up his hiding place. How many days was he gone? <laughs> I mean, it was it was like 10 minutes, but I think that was his personal record of, uh, of having a hiding place. He, he was hiding in this... Uh, in this back closet, like I was a little bit worried that he might have like left the house or something. It was such a good hide. When I eventually, oh, so when who, I eventually the, found him, was the running back from Miami that did that in Green Bay, or is someone pooped in a closet? Yeah, was the running back? Oh, oh, Najee Davenport. Najee Davenport. What? Yeah, that's yeah, that's the story I remember from him. Wow, <laughs> he got so hammered that he went to somebody's closet and yeah. thought it was a bathroom. <laughs> wow, dude, I just gotta tell you what, I don't care how much I've had to drink. I've always known the difference between a toilet and a closet. Pooped in a hamper is what he said. Wow. It was a hamper. Yeah, it was. I remember that story Man, very that well. That is rough, dude. What yeah. are we doing? What, like, And you wonder why we can't get along? Yeah. Right? No, makes like, sense. But, but, we have to be more understanding, though. I would just say we all come from different places. Our, the way in which we process things is different. And everybody wants everybody to process things the same way, and that's not possible. So you got to kind of have to walk each other through things that they're not familiar with or accustomed to, not just blast them. Well, like Najee Davenport, 250-pound back that return kicks. What a talent. Yeah. We were talking about he that. He wasn't 250 pounds. Well, I wait. I was 225, and I was a gunner. That's impressive yeah. as well. Oh man! Hey, let me tell when, you. And, and right. Najee Davenport, at one one year, he was in the same he was in the same backfield as Willis McGahey, Clinton Portis, Frank Gore, and Najee but Davenport think, were all here the same year. Think about that. Let, let, let's put that in perspective. Now look at us. No, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I have watched Miami football since I played against them. We played against them in '87. And every time I see Steve Walsh, I shoot him the bird. And we laugh because wow. we're the only two people that know why. Wow. Here's why. Why? Because they came to Michigan. I think it was the year after they won the national championship. Okay. We had mm-hmm. just lost to Notre Dame. This was our three warm-up Probably games. Probably like 88. Yeah. This was our three warm-up games. You ready? Mm-hmm. We kicked off the season with Notre Dame, then played the University of Miami, <laughs> then went then went to the Rose Bowl and played UCLA. Jeez. That was our three. We lost two of them by a total of three points and never lost another game. Wow. So when we were playing um, Notre Dame the week before, our field goal kicker, who loved him some him, which a lot of kickers are, you know, he was also the catcher on the baseball team. He missed a 39-yard field goal. We lose by two points that week. The following week, we are up on Miami, 30-14. to 14. They go onside kick touchdown, onside kick touchdown, onside kick field goal, and win 31-30. Oh, That's all within five minutes. Wow. The next week, we kick the field goal to win the game. And we never lost another game. So when you talk about how crazy – things are in sports in general 
Like, I'm like, wow, I've been so close to winning so much, but winning nothing. Mm, I was 15 and one. No team that went 15 and one had never not won the Super Bowl until us. Well, I'll tell you what, you've won our hearts, Leroy. Hearts, yeah. And 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 by the way, this this text came in from uh, you know I want to thank this person for their service. Texter in the nine five four writes in: When I was in Iraq, I had a full bulletproof vest, first aid kit, magazine pouches, grenade pouches, a sidearm, and a rifle. The only available restrooms were porta johns. If I had to go, I went. Didn't matter, and everything had to go in with okay, me. Okay, buddy. This, this guy's taking artillery into the port of John. You're at it. war. There's a difference. Leroy, you are at war, too. If but you, I, but yeah, I gotta if tell you, you were at war, but if I gotta you were tell at war, you. you would hold it till you came home. But, but, but how about this? No, no, no. no. That's a different scenario. I haven't, I haven't figured out that one yet. But here's <laughs> the difference, though. If I'm getting shot at, I, I don't find the need to poop. Sorry. Like I'm trying to survive. I'm Actually, I might opposite. find the need to poop if yeah. I'm getting shot at. No, it's you true. shoot back, dude. Like I don't know. After like pooping. it's it's a crazy thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man. Like it. it well, speaking of laying a turd, your Miami teams this weekend. Oh my! All God. of them yeah, did. Yeah. Uh, it was. You know what? Here's what Miami sports was like. Look outside yeah. and look at the weather exactly what it was that was miami sports this weekend we got a chance to uh bounce back today uh the miami heat play against the minnesota timberwolves at 8 p.m bounce back yeah Yeah, better than the other teams they lost to that's true true. true. we still need to bounce back and they have something that no matter what you do miami doesn't have two seven footers yeah we're we're miami by the way tonight in minnesota we are eight and a half point underdogs got them right where we want them that's a big number. Especially what's the, what's the what's the standard in in basketball? Like the normal home like cuz you know if yeah. it's if it's a pickem if you if you say in football the the home team's a 3 point favorite. It's basically it's a pick. Pre- I think it's pretty similar to that. I think Is I think it? it's I think it's around around 3 points, two and a half, three points. Okay. I, I, yeah, I think I, so. Yeah. So man, I'm oh man. It was so bad. It was so yeah, and then and then even my other listen. You guys only have a couple of teams to worry about, right? I got to keep eye on the Vikings. Keep Oof. an eye on that was rough too. The the, the um, Browns, the Browns, doo doo Browns, right? Doo-doo Browns. Wow, that, hey man, <laughs> hey man, hey hey man, that is not necessary. That's where Leroy's gonna be soon. Well, not not with the Browns. He's gonna be in that area. I'm be in that area. I could have. I could have probably. I could have. Me and Fonz could have just went up to Minnesota, huh? I'm telling you. Went to man. Minnesota, then to yeah, Cleveland. It's not a lot of reasons to go to Minnesota, Leroy. This may be one of them. You know? I, I've heard. I, I've heard Minnesota's not bad. I've never been no, there, the but city I know. I, I, uh, yeah, the because a, a, a friend, a friend of mine. He moved to Minneapolis for work like ten years ago, and he's never wanted to leave. Like he actually really enjoys living there Very, for, for some reason. I've never been there. There's a couple of things, a couple of misconceptions about Minnesota. One, it's it's very high tech. So okay. you have Target that's there, Best Buy is there. Best Buy is uh That's all that's really all I need in life is be- a nearby Best Buy, Target and Best Buy. I'm Best good. Buy's um home offices or their their home base, it looks like a hospital. It's massive. Hmm. Right? Uh Target, um, that's where I met Prince and um Tiger Woods. 
Because oh. years ago, remember, uh, Tiger was a Target guy, and he went when actually Kevin Garnett was there, and um, <clears throat> we went and got we were in the suite, and Prince was there and Tiger Woods was there. Wow. Yeah. And and Prince is as cool as they say he is. I was about to ask that. Yes. What it, what I would have given to to hang out with yes. Prince for a couple and, hours. And that must know, have been something. And, and he built Paisley Park. Paisley Park is like where he lives. Hmm. And he would he would he would like go on the radio and say, Hey, first hundred people to Paisley Park I'm playing music for. Wow. Like he was that cool with his music. That's awesome. <clears throat> he wrote if you go and look at some of the songs he wrote, he said he wrote them for himself, but he had such a good ear he knew who it would fit and he would give the song to them. Wow. So if you look at a lot of uh, people that he's written songs for and you pull up the list, it's pretty amazing. Like in every genre. Hmm. Yeah, it is surprising. I have seen some of the songs that he's written. Yes. But, I mean, Prince is one of the best to do it, man. He, I'll he's never forget one, that Super Bowl. He, there's only one other oh, person. Yeah. You remember when, um, you remember when um, Kanye West took the, 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 um, he went up and took the Grammy from Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor yeah. Swift. Yeah. But and then remember he also took he also commented on Beck. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. But Beck had done something that I only saw one other person do. What's that? Beck did a whole album by himself. Every oh, instrument, yeah, the vocals and that. Oh my Prince, god. I didn't Prince also that. did that. Yeah. Yeah. He did yeah. that with one of his albums. And I just think that I've done that. You have to appreciate <laughs> an artist that has the ability to do that and sit in a room for hours and hours because it takes a long time just to do one song. Oh, yeah, to lay down right. every track. For sure. and, and just imagine sure, for doing sure. that for 10 or 11 songs. That Jeez. means like you're either really lonely or you're just that good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, spe- speaking of uh, of being lonely, actually, this has nothing to do with that terrible segue. But we're going to hear from Miami Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel. Maybe he was lonely after a weekend of not being around his team. Uh, we're going to hear from McCoachin when we come back here on AM five sixty Sports WQAM. What would Socrates say to that? Ask for Prince, and you shall receive. Wish I could have checked out Paisley Park back in those days. Alex Dono and Leroy Horde with you. I'm filling in for Tobin today. Uh, l- let's listen to, uh, here's some of head coach Mike McDaniel. It's great that this week we're getting Dolphins football back in our lives. Here's some of what the head coach had to say to the media. I wanted to start with uh, just a cornerback update. Uh, the, the weekly will Byron Jones practice question, <laughs> and how is Keon Crossan's shoulder? Will he be able to practice this week? Yeah. My crystal ball, you know, you shine it and it still doesn't work. Um, yeah, don't, uh, nothing's changed, um, with, uh, with Byron. Um, but we'll continue to be hopefully hopeful and optimistic. Um, and then you snuck another thing in there. Ah, so that's one thing. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's, uh, a guy that you don't, it's that same deal. He had a shoulder um, that would make most, um, you know, 
pretty up in the air for uh, you know a two week recovery game. Um, I do not. Uh, I do not. Uh, I've learned to not count Keon out. He's he's both a very committed professional um, and also a freak of a healer. So um, we shall see. Um, but he's uh, uh, he he's done a lot of work in the in the time that we have been away, and will continue to do so to try to make it to Sunday. Um, and if he doesn't, then he'll um, hopefully be ready ready to go for the next week. But I'm sorry, Mike, and just to clarify on Byron, I know you said at the end, hopeful and optimistic. Is that hopeful and optimistic that he will play this, this calendar year or this season? Yeah. I mean, I'm generally just a hopeful and optimistic person. Um, but, yes, I was specifically uh, hoping and um, being optimistic towards his play. Um, and, uh, you know, goodwill and his family's health and all of those things as well. Mike, after the last game, uh, Miles Garrett was very complimentary of the uh, play calling and the scheme that the Browns faced. And he talked about how the Browns were out of position, that the Browns felt that the Dolphins' offense was a step ahead. And he made a reference to the um, concept of scripting. He said, it wasn't like a first 15, it was like a first 60. And so I don't know that I've ever asked you about the, the scripting concept. Like, do you guys go into a game with, like, here are 15 plays we'd love to get to early, or is it more than that? Can you fill us in on that? Well, uh, that's a really cool compliment from uh, uh, one of the better players in the National Football League um, that I think uh, is uh, unfortunately giving uh, – Myself and the rest of the coaching staff a little too much credit. I think that that's there. Uh, there's execution of plays that, uh, to me, what I, what I saw was uh, our players adjusting to uh, really to their adjustments um, in real time, fast, and playing a hundred percent with conviction. So I think. Uh, I think that credit um, should really be uh, put on the shoulders of the the guys out there, really um, owning all the rules and all the all the responsibilities within their own um, within their own assignment. Um, as far as scripting, um, opening plays, the uh, you know, never, never been one to be light on the amount of plays that you go into a game, so that um, you can uh, adjust to whatever unforeseen thing um, uh, comes your way. I, it, you know, it's something that uh, you know we got used to doing. Um, uh, you know, would watch uh, Coach Shanahan do it. Um, when you start to have any sort of success, being able to adapt to unforeseen game plan stuff, um, which is kind of old hat and we're kind of used to now. Um, as far as how you script stuff, generally we, we go to the game with an opening 24, um, but that is not including third downs, and that isn't um, 100% like I don't I don't stick to that. The players, uh, you know, go 
giving an opening 24 plays to the players, the, the point of it is so that you can get another orchestrated walkthrough of plays that you know you're going to hit and try to hit early, um, that sometimes you can abort mission on play six. Um, sometimes you make it all the way through. Sometimes you skip around. Um, but generally, uh, it, it will go into a game with a vision of how uh, we will um, execute our offense, and and that's something that um, you know you work you you work tirelessly over the week, and you kind of digest um, you know what your players are executing well during the week, and and what you think you're going to get, and you, you you try to do your best in crystal balling. Um, but uh, it, it's something that will, you know, generally it's about 12 runs, 12 passes, intermixed, um, and that's pretty consistent every, every game. <laughs> so pick, pick it up, uh, Leroy. We got another another clip to Why play the there from Mike. Say kind of like, did you hear in the background? I, I, I heard. Like that, that's, what, that, that's what I was chuckling at. It was Joe Shad who threw that in, kind of like Madden. Uh, I I think honestly, there's a lot of people out there who, based on their Madden experience, think they can call plays as as well or better oh, than yeah. certain yeah. NFL coaches. Let me sure. tell you how this works. But I can. I I'm going to tell you guys how this works right now. I played on teams that aren't scripted. And I play with teams that have scripted plays. All right? The scripted plays are probably the plays that you would call in those situations anyway. And they fluctuate because you also do situational football. And so if one of those situations present itself, that script don't mean nothing. Because there is nothing on that script that says second and 15. Right. Right? So, So you have to understand that football is a fluid thing. Now, what ends up happening is you practice those plays all week. So everybody has an idea of what the first few plays are going to be. You work on them all week. You prepare for those plays starting the game. So when you go into the game and start a game, you already have an idea what the first two or three plays are going to be. And that's the confidence that you figure by now you should be that way with your whole damn offense. Yeah. Right? So – when teams say, hey, why don't they just rerun those same plays? Well, here's what happens. You run those first few plays, say you go down and score in seven plays. You still got six or seven plays left on that on that first script that everybody's right. prepared for all week. But then you start playing a coaching game. And here's what I mean by a coaching game. Instead of seeing things happen on the field, you guess what the adjustments are going to be to what you're doing. And then you start running plays to counter something that you've never seen. And then you get into trouble. Yeah. So what I would say is this. There is a fine line in you making adjustments and determining that what you're doing, the other team can't stop. And you keep doing it. So many coaches go, you see that first series on a lot of teams – and you never see that again. Yeah. And I always say, wait a minute. You don't adjust to them. You make them adjust to you. And when you make them adjust to you, then you counter that. But until they stop it, you know, you got to keep doing what you're doing that had success. And that's what happens to a lot of run teams. 
a team a team that is dominantly or most or that mostly runs the ball will run the ball until you prove that you can stop it because they don't have any other options. That's why it's so frustrating watching the Cleveland Browns. You got one of the best best run games in the league. Yeah, amen. You run the ball down the field, and then the next three series you try to run play action. They haven't stopped the run yet. What good is play action going to do? True. And so you have to be, you you know, you, a lot of teams have to do that, and they don't. You know what I mean? I like what, you know, you have a team like Kansas City. They script their first plays. Why does it always seem like they always know, you know, what's going to happen next? And they counter, you know, off of those things. You have people looking at it and say, okay, how did they play our first and ten? Did they, they come down and, and, and do the run? You know, you have answers. You have questions that you go through and things that you ask when you get to those moments. And I think a lot of times once coaches run those scripted plays, they don't have, know any idea where to go. Well, when we come back, we're going to hear Mike McDaniel's thoughts on these Dolphins being first place in the AFC East. They're going to be back in action against Houston this weekend. Keep it locked right here. Tobin and Leroy show on AM 560 Sports WQAM. Well, I guess we're on the final countdown. Uh, final segment here for today, Tobin and Leroy. Uh, I will be back on the next couple days with Leroy and Marcos. Love working with these dudes. I also love listening to head coach Mike McDaniel. Here's what McCochin had to say about the Dolphins being first place in the division. Mike, how much value do you put in being in first place at this time of year? Um, About as much value... As, huh? Um, how about a a lottery ticket that you don't check the winning numbers? I mean, is it worth something? I don't know. Uh, it's kind of um. It, it it's very similar to you know the way that I felt about um, our off season program. If you guys recall, I gave um, you know the most time off to the players that I don't know uh, that I've been around that I experienced. I know they had experienced, um, and I, I gave it to them because I felt they deserved it because they won the first quarter. I thought that they won the first quarter of a game. Um, being in whatever place at this state stage of the season is cool because each and every win, which puts you in first place, is hard-earned, not given. Um, and so it is like winning another quarter um, of a game. But does that mean anything? I mean, it all depends on how you handle it. Um, I think uh, there is an element once you get closer to the end of the season um, that you feel pride in controlling your destiny. I think that it, that is a cool deal. But at the same time, um, is it totally necessary to achieve your goals? It's not. Um, the point is, is that you continue to progress. 
So um, if I'm super fired up to be where we're at right now, if we continue to progress as a football team, um, I think the last, uh, the last game you guys saw, you felt a little more um, complete contribution from the team that the, uh, we were hitting on um, uh, in one way, shape, or form in each phase. That doesn't mean each phase was null of a, of a miscue or whatever, but you felt a team um, execution win, and that's a, that's a cool spot, um, game 10, for that to occur. Um, but w literally nobody gives two about who's the week 10 champion. So um, it, it, it's an accomplishment that isn't one that we're chasing, nor does anyone give, uh, nor does it matter, um, except in the moment and how you use it. So I'm, I'm happy um, where we're at. I've been in first place and won the division um, after 10 weeks and been in last place after um, – 10 weeks in one division. So um, it's neither here nor there. Uh, as long as we keep moving in the appropriate trajectory, I'll be good with it. That's Mike McDaniel. Did, did what he say about what he said about being first place, did that make any sense to you? If it's like having a lottery ticket, but you haven't checked the winning numbers. Would so you like I, I, don't, I guess it kind of makes sense the would, more I think about it. Would you like me to respond with in the way that I normally respond to some of the questions he answers. Yeah, please. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> this time, I'm like three what? minutes and thirty seconds of what did he just say? And he really took his time answering that part too. Wait, like he's he like, I deal. really, because he was like, I really want to stick the landing on this analogy, and it was one of the most far out things I've ever heard. He is so smart. Yeah. That what he tries to do when he answers questions is give preemptive strikes on future questions and so he rambles while trying to answer all the follow-up questions that could come <laughs> from you see what i mean so yeah. in effect he's interviewing himself once you answer that question ah i'm not smart enough to do that whereas you, you have mean. other coaches that'll just squash it and move on doesn't matter it's yeah. middle season Right? He tried to do both sides of it. Am I happy? Yes. But I've been in last place and won a division after 10 games, and I've been in first place and lost a division. So it just matters on what you do with it. I like it. Well, I, Leroy, I want to thank you for helping me have a really fun show today. Same thing with Marcos. Uh, whether you guys want to question Marcos's hot take of Paul Revere being a snitch. Somebody had a great tweet about that. Uh, David tweet, because I tweeted that quote out early in the show and somebody was like, calling Paul Revere a snitch is like calling the guy on the Titanic a snitch who yelled out iceberg. It's like, it's like a... <laughs> yeah, that guy's a snitch too, man. Yes. So, I mean, so he, he, unfortunately, he saw the iceberg too late. If you want to call him a snitch, I guess. Well, it is what wasn't it is. The whole, the whole point of the Titanic was that it could go through the icebergs. 
Um, I'm not even sure if they knew if they could or they couldn't for sure. I just think they thought, hey, the manufacturer told us this is the greatest ship ever built, so we're not worried about icebergs. I, I don't know if they'd actually done the necessary tests to and, make sure they what, could or could How big go was the it. iceberg? Because guess what? Like, was it a iceberg that caught them off guard, so a little one? Or did they see it on... You know, see one. No, apparently there was a snitch running around telling you. I'm not an iceberg action. expert, but when I did see the movie Titanic more than once, and it looked like a pretty big iceberg, but the problem is, you know, the whole tip of the iceberg thing, you can only see a very small portion of it. Most of that son bitch was under the water, and they didn't see it coming. I like oh, that. I got you. Well, I don't like what happened. I just like that. We got passionate about iceberg talk at the end. There. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not. I, I, I've seen a couple of icebergs in person, but only above water level in Alaska. So I'm not sure how much was under it. So I'm going to have to do more research. Uh, huge thank you to everybody who listened. Uh, I'm going to be back in uh, tomorrow with Leroy and Marcos on another episode of Tobin and Leroy here on AM560 Sports WQAM. Tobin's a show pony. <laughs> oh, no. Hmm. Loretta Lynn died. Five minutes until you're a champion. And it was like some UFC Rocky. Oh, bleep. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you mother have a good day.